What's up, guys? Happy to have you here with us on the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico, and with me is the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Today, guys, is August 30th. It is draft season, so today we go around the league, chat about some injury updates, other news, and we're going to end our show with Tom and I's best bold predictions. But first, big shout out to the sponsor of our show, Guys Trip. Are you guys planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip? Just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip, and they'll save you up to 30% off retail pricing for everything, guys. Rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, much more. Visit guystriplive.com. Use FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Love Guys Trip. Love them sponsoring our show. Tom, we got a good show today. It's draft week, man. I know you had a uh, you had a draft yesterday, right? Or you had a couple drafts. I had three drafts in the last two days. Two redrafts, one dynasty that I think is about to wrap up. I know I'm done with all my picks, at least. I'm not sure if the uh, the other guys are still going or not. So how did it go? Well, so far, I'm pretty pleased with all of them. Um, in my home league one, I got my guy Nick Chubb. Um, uh-huh. and I was not able to get Garrett Wilson in that one. Unfortunately, he was taken before my second pick, but I do like how my team panned out. And then I had a draft last night. I had a, I was picking out 11 and I went Pollard and Wilson to start in a full PPR. I'm very happy with how that team turned out. And then, uh, the dynasty I had going, I only had three picks. I had the one, four, which I took Dalton Kincaid. Then I didn't pick again until the third round. Um, Justin Ross kind of taking a shot there. And then I got Sean Tucker in the fourth round, who I think is going to be a real value in the, in the fourth round of rookie drafts. Decent work, Tom. Okay. I'm finishing up a draft now. My, my standard is half point PPR. This was PPR. I had 10 and I went Pollard and I went, as you could hear the draft thing in the background. I don't know if you heard that. Went Pollard and Amon Ra. I was between Amon Ra and Garrett Amazing Wilson, but it's start. just I love that. They're just awesome for sure. And Tom, do you know what tomorrow is? No, can you tell me? Big friendship test right now. That's okay. Oh, it's your daughter's birthday. <laughs> it is Avery's first birthday tomorrow. Life's wow. good, man. We got fantasy football. We just had our big golf outing. Uh, we went crabbing on Sunday. Life's good, man. Avery's first birthday. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, let's get into our league news and updates. So, again, no specific order. And for you guys out there listening, of course, we thank you. But realize, this is what we do all year. Once the drafts are over, I think, Tom, we become even more valuable because we're going to break down player status, player injuries, what implications are going to be like, what you can expect from them. So when drafting is over, guys, make sure you tune in to our weekly show. Usually we try to drop them on Thursday morning, Wednesday night, depending. Turn on notifications for us. And if you're listening, guys, I'm giving you a big smile if you're on YouTube. Tom is kind of stone cold face right now, but give us a five-star rating on Spotify, guys. It goes such a long way for us. We really appreciate it. Let's dive into some player updates here. Jonathan Taylor, Tom, uh, put on the PUP, the uh, pup list there. Going to miss the first four weeks with an ankle injury. What are your thoughts here? This is consistent with my thoughts a couple weeks ago when I put out an article on the fantasyinjuryteam.com. Uh, same thoughts that we talked about with him on the show a few weeks ago, that the fact that we are still hearing about this ankle is not good news. He injured this ankle three times, same exact injury, high ankle sprain last season, re-aggravated it once, re-aggravated it twice, had a procedure in the offseason where all they did was debride or clean it out so they didn't 
fix anything, which tells me that it was, and, and I'm sure that if the surgeon felt that there was a true like tightrope procedure or something necessary, they would have done it, but they didn't. So he was probably kind of in this limbo phase where it's not quite injured enough to require that surgery, but clearly it's not quite healed enough. So this is a really sticky situation. Of course, the contract situation is a factor here as well. Um, but I think that the fact that we're still hearing about the ankle tells us that it is a problem and you can't put a player on pup unless they're actually injured. So it's obviously still a problem. Um, I'm, I'm really concerned about him. I would not be drafting him anywhere. He went in the second round in one of my drafts and they, that was the one on Monday and the guy put in our group chat uh, today or yesterday. He's like, well, that looks like it might be a bad pick. And I sent him a link <laughs> to my article. I'm like, yeah, too bad you didn't read this. Um, I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> <laughs> obviously an amazing player. And I hope to see him this year. And I hope to see him at a hundred percent this year, but at the moment, not not looking great. Yeah, I expressed my dislike for him on the last show, and there's a lot of concerns even without him missing those four games. I mean, it's an ugly situation. I'm worried he doesn't even play the whole year. I mean, I'm not predicting that or saying that, but I'm worried that's a possibility. They could add someone. There's not too many free agents left out there. I mean, their options right now, just fantasy implication-wise, there's a couple guys on that depth chart, and I don't know, Tom, if you want to talk about who you think because I really have no idea. A lot of young guys. You had Zach Moss, 25. He's listed next up on the depth chart. He's shown a little bit of promise with Buffalo. You got Deion Jackson, just 24. He's done okay in his opportunities. All the quote-unquote experts, like Evan Hull. I mean, he's a rookie out of Indiana. Only a fifth-round pick um, that they use for him. I mean, Colts overall, I looked. They had an average running back schedule. So, I don't know. I could see people in home leagues reaching for a Deion Jackson in the seventh or eighth or ninth or 10th round, just because somebody there has to, has to tote the rock. But I don't know. This might be a situation, Tom, where, um, you know, we're kind of, <laughs> kind I'm of a revolving. Avoiding. I'm avoiding it. I don't want any piece of the Indianapolis backfield at the moment. And like we talked about poor Anthony Richardson, man, I don't know what he's going to do, but they got to get this man some weapons. <laughs> yeah. That's right. going to be tough for that rookie to get, to get things going early in his career. For sure. Next up is Brees Hall, who last week I declared as a potential league winner second half of the season, of course, recovering from the ACL. Tom, how is he progressing, Brees Hall? Uh, well, it looks like he's going to be ready to go to start the season, but it does sound like they're expecting him to be limited, which is not something we weren't expecting by any means. Um, our data shows that in the first game back from an ACL tear, running backs see a 26% decline in their snap percentage compared to their pre-injury uh, snap percentage. So, and, and they brought in Dalvin Cook for this reason, to allow Brees Hall to ease back into the game as he, he recovers from this injury. So this is not unexpected news at all. I mean, it's great that he's going to be ready to go and playing. And I think we should still continue to expect a dip in production in the first third or so of the season with by mid-season him getting closer to his full form but likely not at full form, full, not full, full form until next season. That's just kind of the trajectory that most running backs go. But we do know that Brees Hall was incredibly young at the time of injury, only had the ACL repaired, and he's an absolute freak of an athlete. So he may be the one that by the end of the season is really hitting his full stride like he was last year before he got hurt. But it looks like it's going to at least start slow this year. 
Seems like that to me too. Um, again, a guy that I like, a talent that I like. It's like him, Javante Williams. The talents are just without question, but the injury's baked in. So you got to, again, see see how long you could wait. If he's there again, fourth, fifth round, I'm thinking about taking him. The only thing is watching a lot of hard knocks. And Tom, I know from last week that you don't have HBO and you Still just learned YouTube is. <laughs> but uh, learned that YouTube is no. uh, useful for a lot of different things. For sure. Um, but watching that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers really does like Dalvin Cook. And the more I read about it, it, it is scaring me off a little bit because Dalvin Cook is still Dalvin Cook. But again, I just love Brees Hall. Talent wins out. I think you're just going to have to wait, as you said, Tom, a little bit for him to get going. Quick shout out to our friends over at the Sleeper app. Do you like free money? For a limited time, Sleeper Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit or use promo code fit f-i-t that's sleeper.com slash promo slash fit kyler murray another guy acl when will he be back we don't know we said week five six you still agree with that earlier season evaluation tom yeah well he's also on pop so he can't play until week five and Looking at Arizona's actions over the past couple of days, it's so obvious that they do not care about winning this season at all. Um, either Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon is going to be their starting quarterback. They just traded for Josh Dobbs, so they are clearly not interested in winning this season. I think they are only interested in winning the first overall pick. Um, so there's really no incentive for them to try to get him back fast. I mean, he's only going to even a, a not 100% Kyler Murray is probably better than those other two quarterbacks I just named. So I, I don't think we're expecting him to play anytime soon. Week five is the soonest that he could play. If he plays at that time, he'll be just over nine months post-op, which is okay. That's an okay timeline to play. We'd like a little bit more, especially with him being a running quarterback. Definitely going to see a dip in the rushing production early. Um, this should come as no surprise, but quarterbacks do not see any decline in their snap percentage when they return from an ACL injury, obviously, like you're not going to take your starting quarterback out on a snap, snap, uh, share. Um, but I, we're looking at end of season for him to be like productive. And that's really dependent on what the team wants at that point. Cause they might just, let him go out there a couple games to show other teams that he can still play, but also to for them to decide, is this the guy for our future, or are we trying to tank for the first overall pick and get the kid out of, out of USC next year? So I do think he will play a handful of games at some point, but I don't think that they want him to really play a whole lot this year. I'm worried about him, where they hold him out. I'm avoiding this offense totally unless I know some people like Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore. I'm staying away from those guys just because I don't think the offense is going to move the ball. See Connor go frequently fifth round. I've seen him actually tonight. He went in the fourth round. Fine. If you want that an inefficient guy all over it to me, like I think he's a fine player. He can, he can run, he me can too. catch, but this offense is going to be lousy. It's so painful to watch and root for one of your fantasy guys when they're on an offense that every time you're in the fantasy cast on ESPN, punting, fourth and 18, sack, punt, yeah, punt, exactly. and they just can't get anything going. And then you're sitting there in the fourth quarter like, damn, he Connor has 14 carries for 52 yards and a catch. 
he doesn't get in the end zone here, I'm probably going to lose this week, right? If you want an inefficient volume play in a terrible offense and a guy with injury concerns, James Conner, slightly, right? A little bit older, fine, take him, but I'm looking elsewhere in the fifth round. And another reason why too is, is rookie Keontae Ingram, who I was looking up a little bit from USC, beat writers like him, a little rookie running back there. He could be a guy that gets chances, right? If they're trying to rebuild and just kind of check out what they have for the future, he could be a guy that gets involved. So I'm really trying to stay away from this offense in every they're, way possible. They're the team that Scott Hansen is never going to say, and here we go to Arizona in the red zone. Like we're never going to hear that this year. And we pop over to Arizona here in the fourth quarter as they trail by 42. And it just, you know, for those of you with fantasy implications, you have the first Cardinals touchdown of the day. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Get me, <laughs> get me back to the, uh, the chargers game at their, uh, their, their need a field goal. Then the game, I feel like the chargers are always in a three point game. Every time oh, they're just always, especially when they had Phillip rivers. <laughs> and so and he would throw an interception at the end of the game. Every single time it was great. They were just showing with his helmet off on the field with a grimace and a sad face. <laughs> I can't wait for red zone. I am so excited to veg on the couch and just red zone it up. So pumped. All right. We got four guys left. Let's pop over to Mike Evans, who is currently nursing a groin injury. Talked about him recently, Tom, 30 years old. I'm really concerned right now with Mike Evans because Baker is going to be their starting quarterback and he struggles to throw the deep ball. I think that's Mike Evans's game as opposed to Chris Godwin, who we see with slant routes, comeback routes, uh, closer routes to the line of scrimmage. I think Godwin will be okay. I'm worried about Evans. I'm worried about the deep ball accuracy, the sideline throw accuracy. I'm worried that he's 30 years old. Um, and Tom, nursing a groin injury. What can you tell us about that? Um, I'm really not worried about the injury too much. Uh, we, we know it's minor. The coach said that if it wasn't a preseason game, he could have kept playing. And we see no decline in fantasy production in, in the first game is back after growing injury for receivers and only a 6% snap percentage decline. So not overly concerned from an injury standpoint. I mean, there is up to an 18% recurrence rate. So that part you could have some concerns for, but if he gets through the first game or two and doesn't have any issues, then I'm much, much less concerned. And I, I, I don't expect the injury to impact his production. Um, an offensive standpoint, I could see your concerns there. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I'm as concerned as you with with Baker being able to to provide for him. I know it's not going to be as good as it's been with Brady or Jameis in the past. So I know Mike Evans has that. I think he's had a thousand yards in every season in his career. He's trying to keep that streak going. He's just been so good. His whole career, Mike Evans, man, he just always gets the job done. I'm just worried. Like, when is that drop-off coming? That's why I think he will get the job done. It's just I don't think it'll be as sexy as it has been in the past. But I think when we look back on the season, we'll be like, oh, that was a pretty solid season by him. Um, So I I think I disagree with you a little bit on, on the levels of concern for his upcoming season. Fair enough, just because he's been so consistent over his career. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a guy that you pick and he crushes you and you have to bench him. You know, in a bad week, he'll put up, I think, half-point PPR. He'll throw you seven. He'll throw you ten. I just don't know if the explosive weeks are there. I think that's in the past in the rear view for Mike Evans. Still, I guess, not a horrendous pick, but I'm just worried about the upside there. I'm really – I'm going for it this year, Tom. I won a couple last year, but I want the big boys this year. I want the upside plays. And, and 
Speaking of upside plays right here, man, my guy, I mean, JSN, again, the guy, if you if you haven't listened to our podcast from last week, guys, go check it out. We really, really get into some interesting and deep statistics on these guys. But JSN had wrist surgery, right, Tom? looks like he's already back in practice, which is crazy, but he's back, right? Yeah, so he was practicing, but if you look closely, he's wearing a hard cast. So he's not going to be able to play with a hard cast on. Now, that's not going to be on forever. Um, probably a couple weeks. So it's possible that that's off by week one. Um, I, I would doubt it. I would think more like week two or three. Um, I, I'm imagining that he's out there practicing now more to just kind of get the repetition, learn the offense, get the chemistry with, with the quarterback. Um, but I, I will have to see if he plays week one. I don't think he will, but even whenever he does return, I expect absolutely no decline in this production. It's upper body injury. It shouldn't affect him. And I've seen him, great analysis. I've seen him fall a little bit. I'm not talking around, but I've seen him fall, you know, five to eight picks or so. And it's great that you're not concerned with him because for me, he's my number one rookie, rookie wide receiver. And then there's a gap and then there's a gap. And then, then there's the next tier that comes up with, you know, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston. I mean, Zay Flowers could be up there, Mingo, but JSN is just such a special player. I love him, and that's really great to hear that you're not concerned that it seems like, I mean, he might miss, like you said, maybe a week, but looks like it's not going to be too detrimental for him, not a lower body injury. Okay. Next guy, two left, Traylon Burks, uh, knee injury, and he's also another guy. Today's Wednesday. He returned to practice on Monday. Expressed my nerve, <laughs> nervousness, I guess, for him. Um, and a run first offense there. Hopkins in the picture now. I just don't see, again, the massive upside there. But, again, he has the draft capital. He's a talented player. What do you think about Traylon Burks, Tom? Practicing against, so that's a good sign. And, again, this injury looked really bad, but it turned out to not be nearly as bad as it looked in the moment. Um, I think we'll see him start a little bit slow, maybe take a week or two to really get back to full speed. But this is not something I'm expecting. It was an LCL injury. I'm not expecting this to impact him throughout the season after just a couple weeks. Um, but is he in the best situation in Tennessee with a, a run first team and a clear alpha receiver and Hopkins on the other side of the field? I don't know. Um, but we know that Burks has a lot of potential. It's, it's hard to really trust him to break out this year, but you're also not paying a whole lot for him. So I don't, I don't mind drafting him and in hopes that maybe he can break out this year. And I don't think this injury is going to stop him. Fair enough. And finally, a guy who I was really high on Jerry Judy and going into draft season, you know, early July, even late June, even through July. And then parts of August, I was drafting Judy everywhere. Fifth round. I love that Sean Payton is there. Love his potential. I think Russell Wilson will have a bounce back. It's hard to not have a bounce back after what Wilson did last year. I really love Judy, but of course, this hamstring injury. Tell us a little bit more about that. So Judy had a moderate severity, what they're calling moderate severity hamstring injury, which tells us it's not nothing, and it's definitely got the potential to linger into the season. Receivers average missing 1.8 games, but like I said, this sounds a little bit more severe than that. So we're looking at potentially week three through five-ish return. And um, when receivers return from a hamstring injury, they see a decline of 12% 12, 12 points per game uh, in their first game back. and But then by the second and third games back, it's back to normal. 
and um, a slight decline in their snap percentage as well in those first games back, obviously to help kind of ease them back in since we know that this is a injury that carries a very high recurrence rate since he's had this injury is now at a five times more likely to have a recurrence of this injury this season, which is obviously not what we like to hear. He is very young, 24 years old, so that's going to help him heal, help him recover better and quicker. Um, but at this time, I mean, there's definitely some cause for concern. This is a guy a lot of people were expecting to break out this year. He really hasn't yet in his career. He's shown flashes here and there, and now he's clearly going to be off to a slow start this season. So we'll see if he can get it back in the gear in kind of the second quarter of the season, but I wouldn't expect much from him in games one through three, one through four. Okay. And then you also mentioned the next game back about a 12% drop off. So you would probably expect him fully back week five. I mean, I, where does that bump him down to? I was picking him fifth round. I'm trying to think like what's fair for that now. Maybe I think seven, honestly, I, I don't know. I'll take him before that. Just makes me nervous because that's the time where you're drafting the rookie wide receivers or you're, you're even your starting tight end, your starting quarterback. I mean, I think it should give a boost to Cortland Sutton, who coming out of SMU, I used to love Cortland Sutton for his talent. I don't know if he can be an alpha in the NFL. He has all the, all the specs, all the height, the weight, the speed, all that stuff. But I think it gives him a boost, of course. And then rookie Marvin Mims, another guy that's going to shoot up draft boards right now. And I don't know if you heard this, Tom, they're – starting tight end Dulcich he's being beat out right now pretty bad by Adam Troutman wasn't Adam was he a rookie last year Troutman no he's been in the league a few years yeah maybe two years ago I don't know I thought he was younger but in, in any event hearing really good things about Troutman they just released another tight end so just be careful if you're out there and you're listening and you're taking Dulcich Troutman has been earning a lot of snaps and a lot of opportunities there for him all right Tom before our next segment we are thrilled, guys, and I love SeatGeek. We are thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. You guys can go listen. You could see your favorite teams. Tom could see the birds. I could see my Giants. Or you can go see a concert. I don't even know what Tom listens to. I listen to country music. Go on SeatGeek, guys. It's literally a free $20 off your purchase if you use our promo code. It's one word, injury fantasy. Once again, go on SeatGeek. We're partnered with them now, which is awesome. Shout out to them. Use the promo code, one word, injury fantasy. You get 20, 20 bucks off your purchase. Tom, we could go see a game together. We can, uh, I don't know, we could do whatever we want to do. Go see a concert. We can go see uh, Miss Rachel for Avery live. And actually, I don't think that she does. Is she doing live shows now? I don't think she does live shows. Again, shout out to parents. I think this is the second Miss Rachel mentioned in all of our podcasts. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we there's that. All right. Yeah, let's go check her out. Okay. On to our last segment here today, guys, and it is going to be bold predictions. We are on to our bold predictions. Me and Tom are going to get a little bit crazy here. Tom, I got a little bit weird, I guess. I'm not going to say, you know, Amon Ra is going to lead the league in targets or that Bijan is going to be RB. You want to try to get a little bit different, a little bit crazy. I'll go first. I'll start the party. Then you could go. We'll rotate here. So two bold predictions. I'm going to start us with this one that I really believe in. Strap in. Jalen Warren, this season, 2023, will outscore Najee Harris. And next season, Najee Harris is going to be an afterthought in drafts, taking, I don't know, seventh, eighth round. Next year, Jalen Warren is going to be a third-round pick. Let's get into it here, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Najee Harris, who's right now going as RB11. Are you kidding me? RB11 for Najee Harris? Look at his efficiency numbers. 
amongst the bottom in the NFL. Last year averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Year before, 3.8 yards per carry. Tom, last season, of all the guys that had 50 or more carries, that ranked 55th. There's third stringers that were more efficient, second, whatever. He is so inefficient. Extremely low reception efficiency, lowest explosive rush rate in the league. He was barely, Najee Harris was barely fantasy relevant last year. He had 313 touches, finished 18th in half point PPR. Steelers went on a run last year. I don't know if you guys remember. They went from being two and six to seven and six. Najee stills did nothing, right? So you want to pick a guy who's terribly efficient, who this year, I guarantee you, is going to split carries. Tom, I was right about Pollard last year, how he's better than, than Zeke. I think a lot of people knew that. Remember the other one I talked about, Tom, how Jamal Williams, go back to the tape, guys. I said this. I said Jamal Williams is probably going to outscore Swift this year. People thought it was crazy. I said Jamal Williams is going to get more carries. Exploded. Went off, right? Jalen Warren is your guy this year. We haven't even talked about Jalen Warren yet. Guy is explosive. 4.9 yards per carry last year. Had 28 receptions on 33 targets. That's uber efficient. Najee, by the way, out snapping the crap out of him. Had 41 catches, 53 targets. And what happens if Najee misses time, right? Jalen Warren is a big dude. He's 215 pounds, and he's fast. He's explosive. He could catch. There's no one else behind him. Anthony McFarland, sure. But again, he's fast, he's strong, and he's slowly chipping away at Najee's snaps and touches. I think this year it's going to start 55-45. We're going to see it tilt the other way. And my last thing here, Tom, is I want a part of the Steelers' offense. Like, preseason so far, first off, Warren and Najee have played like a similar snap count. Warren's already been much more efficient as he's going to be all season this year. Kenny Pickett looks, I'm he's not drafting good. him in fantasy, but <laughs> he looks pretty good, right? They got weapons. They have uh, George Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Pat Fryermuth. I want the explosive running back. Remember me next year. Tom, remember my my ugly smiling face. Jalen Warren next year <laughs> is picked before Najee Harris. All right, what do you got, man? Uh, I like that take, by the way. I was in the car driving home. I was like, ooh, do I want to do a Jalen Warren bold prediction? Uh, I'm uh, glad I didn't, so you could have it. So we could have different ones. Um, my bold prediction is that for the first time in franchise history, the Chicago Bears will have a 4,000-yard thrower who will also rush for over 1,000 yards. Uh, I believe that Justin Fields is going to be the one to finally get that that done for the Bears. So last season, 2,242 passing yards, not very good. 1,143 rushing yards, very good. What did they do this offseason? They added DJ Moore. End of last season, they added Chase Claypool, who didn't really do much last year, but we know that he is at least a, a nice piece to the, to the team. Let's look at two comparables of quarterbacks who passing numbers were a little inefficient in their early years, and then the team adds a superstar wide receiver. Jalen Hurts went from 3,144 passing yards to 3,701 in 15 games after the addition of A.J. Brown. Josh Allen went from 3,089 yards to 4,544 yards with the addition of Stephon Diggs. We've seen this happen before. A quarterback who is super athletic, high draft capital, struggling a little bit with passing in their early years. Once you give them a star receiver, things get a lot better for them. Invest in your assets.
Your best asset is your quarterback. Give him someone to throw to. Indianapolis, what are you doing? Uh, uh, so that is my bold prediction. Justin Fields is going to throw for 4,000 and rush for 1,000. I asked you to be bold, Tom. 4,000 yards. That is, If you said like 3,300, I still would have allowed it. I would have stamped the yes for the bold. That is really bold, but I like it. I fully support it. Give a quarterback a stud receiver. He goes off. So now it's also getting me to think about the future here. And 365 days from now, we might be sitting here talking about Anthony Richardson. And they traded for, oh gosh, who the heck knows? And we're going to be like, you know what? Richardson's rushing floor was amazing last year. He finished as quarterback nine. Like now he got blank. It's it's a narrative that that's as old as time, Tom. And, and I'm with you on that. Okay. Here's one more for you guys. And it's a guy, Tom, that we both adored last year. Travis Etienne. Unfortunately, I did a 180 on him. And right now, Travis Etienne currently going around RB12 right after Najee Harris. My prediction is that he finishes outside the top 24 running backs this season. Now, again, to be clear, I was on him last year. I, I love him as a player. He's hyper-efficient, explosive, fast, dynamic. But let's take a look at last year, right? Didn't miss any games, so that's great but still was only the RB16. Now, again, to his credit, he's top 10 in breakaway percentage. He's crazily efficient with 5.1 yards per carry. But I think a lot of a lot of the experts are talking about this, and I've listened in. The narrative on him being this great pass catcher out of Clemson, I don't know if I believe it anymore. And I'm starting to believe that it was just the system there, and that's what really made him success, successful in terms of the passing game. Does have injury issues. Again, that's a couple of years old at this point. Um, but played every single game last year, Travis Etienne, and was still only able to finish as the running back 16, right? We have to mention, too, they're bringing in Calvin Ridley. And yes, that might improve the offense as a whole, but that's a lot less opportunities probably in the passing game and possibly in the rushing game as well for Etienne. Going to take a ton of the offensive production away. And let's take it one more step further here, right? What are two of the big faults and weaknesses of Travis Etienne? One, unfortunately for him, is scoring the ball, right? That's that's going to be very helpful in fantasy football is actually getting into the end zone, right? Listen to this. Last year, Travis Etienne was sixth in the NFL in red zone carries, but he finished 32nd in red zone rushing touchdowns. Another statistic for you. He was 12th in carries inside the five, 35th in touchdowns from inside the five, right? Another weakness is that he's decent, not amazing in the passing game. He ran, if you look at how many routes he ran last year compared to how many targets and how many catches he had, the numbers are abysmal, extremely inefficient. That's where the final step of this equation for fading him comes in, drafting Tank Bigsby. He is, I'm going to make this so clear, he is so good at Travis Etienne's two weaknesses that I'm really, really worried, right? He absolutely thrives in the passing game, and he's pretty good at run blocking as well, but he's excellent on the goal line too. So those two things that are, think about it. When you draft a running back, you want a guy that's going to catch passes, right? PPR, half point PPR. And you want a guy who's going to get in the end zone. And Tank Bigsby, to me, is going to be the guy that does that in this offense. So last year, without Tank Bigsby, if Travis Etienne finished at running back 16, now you bring in Tank Bigsby and, of course, Calvin Ridley and all these other factors, I see him finishing outside the top 24. He's the thunder 
Uh, Tank Bigsby is, and ETN is the lightning, but I think he's going to really limit ETN's upside each week. What do you think, Tom? I love, I mean, I think that ETN will perform better than RB24, but I agree that Bigsby is going to be highly involved. I think this is an offense that might be able to support two, not as RB1s, but ETN is an RB2, like 15 to 20 range. And Bigsby is a guy who has games that are productive here and then has quiet games there that you're probably not going to know when to start on a regular basis, but you'll look at his stats at the end of the season and be like, oh, he had eight double-digit games. He had like eight or nine games that you could have used him. Um, so I, I definitely I think, think that, that's a really, really good point too. I think that they are an offense. It's not just going to be one mouth to feed. And I think they are going to, they're going to be, I mean, you talked last, last week about how you love Trevor Lawrence and you love this team. I, th- I think you're onto something there. I think they could support too, but again, trying to be bold, Tom, this is not what I, what I really think I if I had to put money on that at, yeah, outside the top 24. No, but trying to be a little crazy, trying to poke the bear here. All right. What do you got to finish the show? Tom? I hear you. So since uh, many, many years of fantasy football, Evan Ingram is the only tight end in 2017 that finished as a top 10 tight end as a rookie. I think we get another one this year. Kincaid is going to be used all over the field. We've seen it in preseason, him as a slot receiver. He's not a tight end. He's an athletic weapon, a receiving weapon that just has a tight end label on him. He's a monster. He absolutely has potential to be a top 10 fantasy tight end in his rookie season. And if not him, we're hearing a lot of good things about Luke Musgrave and Sam Laporta as well. Uh, those guys are obviously more of an outside shot, but the tight end landscape is so poor that I believe that this is the year that we see another rookie tight end finish in the top 10 at the position. I love that. So question for you here, when you get to, Call it the eighth round, ninth round, maybe Gerald Everett's there, David Njoku, I don't know. Um, Pat Fryermuth, maybe, I don't know. Whoever, are you just going to pass on those guys? And then maybe, I'm just kind of think, think, trying to think through draft strategy, maybe take two rookie tight ends and try to hit gold like that? Like, is that a legitimate strategy? No, I don't think so. I think it's taking, Kincaid's the only one worth drafting, period. And he might not even be worth drafting. I think these are guys. <laughs> talking that, yourself out of it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I okay. think these are guys that are going to be hot on the waiver wire early in the season. So if your yeah. tight end's not working out, you quickly pivot. Kincaid, you could draft end of the end of the draft if you have somebody else who's locked in to start. And Joku, Fryermuth, one of those guys who you then, if Kincaid starts to break out, you then cut those guys because you don't need them anymore. Um, but I think that this is more of a don't be hesitant to pick them up off the waivers, put some considerable fab into them if you see them get off to a hot start. All right, Tom. Well said. Great show. Love you, Tom. And for you guys out there, thank you guys for joining us. As always, good luck with your drafts, man. Take a deep breath. Take one pick at a time. Enjoy yourself. Have fun out there. Tom, you got drafts this week? I believe I'm done. Early man, early. I know. Right, well, Get it done. You'll be early. here Sunday for Avery's first birthday, and you can hang I out will. with us as we draft. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. But to everyone else out there, and of course, thanks to our sponsors so much, guys. Trip, Seat Geek. Good luck to you guys in your drafts. Thank you for joining us. Much love from the fantasy injury team, and we'll see you guys next time.